And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Once you fully understand, your life will have to wind down a very different road. I want to know. How long ago did she die? She has never really existed yet. You see, she's been assembled piece by piece, organ by organ. She's a composite, like Keith. Keith? Yes, you remember the so-called vampire killer. You don't have to hurt me. She wasn't just murdered, if you uh, know what I mean. Steel. He didn't, eh? Look. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. Man, I would give an arm and a leg to see a good, coherently plotted movie. Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. What is this idiocy? If Virginia used a molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me, Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay... Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration, or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose! Uh, I choose not disintegration. So be it. One month I shall assign you a movie to watch, and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to the- NOW GO! 
And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject! <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> all the yeah. my legs, nurse lady. Where's my what? Oh, hamster drip. <laughs> I, I, I tried to put the legs onto Bunzilla. <laughs> but he kept falling over. She's so throwing out my legs and I don't even care. <laughs> I'm giving it back to I'm giving them back to him. Uh oh. don't forgo the anesthesia, Virginia, okay? I I can't be bothered. That's some good hamster drip you got there, Doc. Okay. So let's all take a seat. Because he's not going anywhere. Oh, <laughs> I get it. It's like the movie. <laughs> and we are going to talk about. Can I um, we are going to talk about a a lovely film directed by the man who brought you Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> Gordon Hessler's Scream and Scream Again. One of my my dear missed friend Derek Ferguson's favorite movies because it's just insane. Yes. <laughs> and um you remember you remember Jim and Teresa Lab Rabbit? Hmm? I do. Hi. Hi Hello. I love you guys. I oh, love you too. <laughs> we brought grapes. <laughs> so this uh. fucking film <laughs> this movie made me feel like I'm feeling right now when I watched it. You know what? What? And I've seen this several times now. What this film feels like is that the intern over Amica, over at Amicus was given three separate scripts <laughs> and was told to bring them down to somebody for rewrite. And along the way, he tripped, and all the scripts got mixed up. It was a fan. Yeah. Yeah, blew him off the table. Had to reassemble yeah. them somehow. <laughs> so, um, supposedly based on a... Or, you know, this is based on a real book. Yes, The Disorientated Man by Peter Saxon. <laughs> and according to Christopher Lee, it's fairly faithful to the book. Well, yes. The, the um, well, like Peter Saxon was actually a, a pseudonym um, for various authors. Name. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, he started out as a, a writer, a house name for Sexton Blake novels, hmm. and then um, uh, Mayflower Books, a paperback publisher, they uh, expanded Peter Saxon's range from beyond Sexton Blake to pretty much anything: <laughs> um, science fiction, horror, crime. Um, we should mention this is during the time when Sex and Blake was being the, was the kill master. 
Yes. <laughs> in the, yeah, in the sure straight sixties, seventies. Yes. <laughs> um, gee, so, gee, I, I would rather have a, a more subtle code name than the Killmaster. Yeah, he's kind of mm, this guy might be trouble. <laughs> yes. so we let him in. This might, guy might be dangerous. <laughs> Well, apparently, like, uh, Milton Sabotsky of Amicus, he picked up this novel, and the novel is like three storylines very disjointed, mm. and actually thought this would make a great movie, mm. um, because he realised basically he could do it sort of the same way they filmed the anthology movies. Right. They could get actors in for a short period of time to mm. do their bits and mm. put it all together. Um, and at the time, yeah, Amicus were well, like they could be shooting three different scenes three at the different same places. Time. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, at the time, Amicus were they've made a name for themselves with the anthology movies, but they were trying to do to branch out and do different stuff. Mm. And Head Sisters doesn't have Amicus on the actual credits anywhere. Because yeah. um, also, I mean, they did a, they got Harold Pinter to do a, a, a film version one of his plays. Um, yep. It was the birthday party, and they also mm -hmm. did a. A few other kind of left field things like the mind of Mr. Soames. Uh, and this was, another, was well, a, a chance um, to do something a bit more not as hokey as the anthology. Doing a gothic mm. horror film called um, And Now the Screaming Starts, right? Oh, yes, yes. With, uh, oh, yes. Yes, yeah, that's a fun movie. With, um... It sounds like the prequel to this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's Severed Hands in as Chris. well. Chris, usually I would not do this to you, but I want to hear you try to explain what the fuck went on in this movie. <laughs> okay. Well, do you go. want me to explain it like how I figured it, like how, I mean, because, I mean, the first half of the movie, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? But I, I put it all together. Okay. I put it all together. There's a, uh, a generic... Nazi communist bad enough country. Mm -hmm. We're going to call that generica for this. Uh, generica. Oh, and in the book, it was East Germany, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was a proper Soviet plot. Uh, but they decided oh. to change that. Probably the night of selling to the German market. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit. Don't mention the war. <laughs> And, oh my God! Uh, it's got they've got they got three spiky things on their on their <laughs> armbands. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it can be explained fairly straightforwardly, mm -hmm. but it doesn't explain the movie uh, how no. that how this story is told. So I won't tell it like the movie because we got the whole show to go into that. <laughs> yes. But yeah, there's 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 you know the 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 there's definitely some sort of international espionage going on to what seems like some sort of super soldier program super soldier vampire program and somehow a mad scientist with a vat of acid is is tied into it yes and, yes. yes and it turns out it turns out that like what has been happening is is uh, generica has been has been infil in not infiltrating, but has been definitely uh, winning the espion espionage war and uh, and gets rid of the 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 scientist who's actually good at heart and wants these <laughs> these super soldiers to be used for good or to be yeah. a, a good force. And now they are poised to take over the world as the true Mac what about the runner 
a guy has a heart attack or something apparently at the beginning for some reason it's important that this guy ended up in a hospital bed after go jogging his... in London. I think that's the, the moral of that story. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, he's jogging, and, and they're using that, like, super long, long, widening lens, so it's just flattening out. So he's just jogging with, like, layers of cars and buses <laughs> behind him. Has a heart attack, and then, you know, we keep seeing him, uh, you know... Um, Waking up, getting getting the delicious, delicious drip, and then discovering each time, <laughs> again and again, somehow that that he keeps losing limbs. And what about absolutely with the absolutely gorgeous purple fluffy shirt? Isn't oh beautiful? yes, yes. Yeah. John Pertwee would be proud of that. Oh, he yes. would. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I thought <laughs> that when I was watching. My dear man, we don't run around like that. <laughs> that was that was actually more distended than than I guess I I guess you can't really you could you can just sort of distill it down to like you know conspiracy plot with takeover of are they aliens are they man of plastic we we don't know but it looks like they're gonna take over and it looks like it looks like the commies yeah. Nazis have got them. The end, very seven, very like nineteen. You no, know, come to think of it, this could have been with some tweaks uh, a John Pertwee era Doctor Who script, or an mm. Avengers script. Mm. Oh, which one? Sorry. An Avengers script. Oh yes, definitely. I mean, this you is, know, this I is classic naughty spaceman in a mansion up to no good. Uh, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> perfect. But um. Uh, it was it's supposed surprised. to be aliens, according to the book. It's aliens. Well, I, yes, yeah, yeah. I think they're vul It's like Vulcans. There's, it, it's Vulcans, you know, because here comes the nerve pinch. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, oh Vulcan yes, death yes, I yeah, said that, didn't yeah, I? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's like it's like a fever dream. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's like. Oh look, it's Peter Cushing. Oh wait, yeah. he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, I thought that. Oh, yeah. I was so happy. I'm like, <laughs> oh look, it's, doing? it's it's him as a comic book Nazi too, which is you yeah. know, it yeah. brings back Star Wars nostalgia for me. Yeah. And then mm. yeah, he's gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I was very disappointed. And Peter Sellers at the beginning. Yes, and yes. Yes. The, the voice of Gromit. Yeah. <laughs> cruelly bumped <laughs> off as well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, oh, and they, they they torture Yutki Stuttgart for some reason. Yes. Yeah. Um, presuming she was going to defect. Well, yeah. 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 Um, that's a bit confusing because that sort of just they start to torture her and then she just disappears. Well, yeah. <laughs> The other thing that's anyway. kind of confusing is realizing that the the main character of this film is actually it's like what would happen if there was a Sherlock Holmes film and all of a sudden everybody was dead except Lestrade. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm the I'm the medical examiner's assistant. I'll hang out with you. <laughs> Oops. You're dead. I have to go <laughs> confront Vincent Price. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very Supposedly odd. the alien there were aliens in the original script, but things got cut out. 
it's a good thing things uh, got cut out probably because <laughs> uh, I'm watching this with this knowledge of what the book was about and I'm like you know if they just got rid of you know it, you know if they had admitted it was aliens instead of composites which is what they call themselves mm. this would make a little more sense yeah But it's it's huh. well. I mean, it could it was it it, it could have gone into Philip K. Dick territory, whereas like all of a sudden they're like you know okay Vincent Price is a composite too, so who's making the composites and what you know, but he's a he's a he is like pretty much like oh well, we're doing this for the right reasons and, uh, mm. and so where okay so who made who made Vincent Price and you know is it, it it just it it could have gone in so many directions it did go in so many directions and it just had a myriad of other ones it could have chosen but i think like it's sort of ahead of its time so i don't think it even knew what <laughs> options it had and like if it was really faithful to the book that might have been its undoing because you trying to load a bookload of information into a this movie this is, it, it could, just made it too confusing. This well, I'm is guessing this that notoriously Vincent Price claims he never understood the script. Yeah. <laughs> well, you wouldn't if you only had your own scenes. <laughs> That's all you really need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. wouldn't make um, sense. But I think the aliens angle was probably dropped because Amicus, a couple of years earlier, done a film called They Came From Beyond Space. Oh my which god! Which is kind of very um, Quatermassy about oh, really? aliens who who come down and they uh, replicate people, body snatchers style, oh. and there's a big conspiracy with them infiltrating and taking over for their own ends and mm. it was perhaps thought actually it, it sounds like we're ripping ourselves off oh okay and instead you've got this more like weird paranoid as chris says, kind of ahead of its time in its sort of cold war yeah. paranoia but with yeah, that very much so. extra layers because you think all oh, right it's a it's generica you know and this is a plot by the evil people who wear the yeah. not sticker yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> so i'm gonna call it <laughs> but then you find out actually christopher lee's in on it he's part of the british establishment yeah and you know he's not terribly impressed with his uh, uh, generic counterparts, and he has to go as well. Yeah. And yeah. so it's kind of well, how far does then the rabbit hole does this go? Who's pulling the strings? Well, and <laughs> I sort of thought at the end that oh, is he one of the composites? Well, he could be. You don't yeah, know. I, it is like, I assumed that, that Lee was a composite. Mm. She's had the super strength as well. Well, yeah, that's what I was mm. thinking. And like, well, you know, how far? How far does it go? You know, who is who, who is behind it all? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was. I thought that was really interesting. Mm. I was and, like Vincent Price is, he's like, he goes, yes, a master race, but not an evil one. <laughs> <laughs> not my favorite. Not my favorite line from Vincent Price. Never like, heard yeah. that one before. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. When, what could go wrong? When uh, Hunky Hunky Junior Medical Examiner confronts Price about oh. the uh, the acid bath missing oh, come mm. on. in the bar, and he goes, "Well, you did say it was dangerous out there, so I had it." <laughs> I mean, an acid bath Health and safety. flush with flush with the floor that you can just sort of just step into. Yeah, yeah that mm. that is fairly dangerous. Yeah, there are a lot mm. of bodies in it. <laughs> 
at the end as well. Yeah, for a little, yeah. very small bath. <laughs> <laughs> I had to clean that bugger out. Oh, oh this is uh, supposedly uh, the film was written by Christopher Wicking, and supposedly he was told by he, Fritz Lang told him he was a fan. Wow. <laughs> Compared it to his Dr. Mabuse movies. <laughs> oh, interesting. I can see that with the conspiracy and mm, yeah. well, the they, hidden hand, the spider in the web. <laughs> he, he was old and he probably, you know, thought it was being, he was just like, this is a brilliant piece of surrealism. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just, uh, I do think... But the the thing is, we're having this whole conversation about oh, the, and who's the robot? The movie, the movie just like sort of trots you down like some sort of vampire story for a while, though. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Just, I don't think they resolve. It doesn't really make sense why the super they, soldiers would have to be vampires, also, yeah, and nobody. A single line of dialogue explaining that, like, uh, they have to replenish their blood. We're, we're mm. working on, you know. If we get one one little genetic key marker wrong or whatever yeah. lingo they wanted to use in in them days, mm. it, and and yeah yeah they 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 go blood. That's I mean why wasn't why wasn't uh, Vincent Price you know going out to slake his thirst for blood at night you know or I mean I mean maybe he was but well they do say it. that um, the vampire killer was. Uh, one of Price's first, one of oh, first yeah, yeah, independent yeah, okay. right, yeah. And you know, um, your first is never always your best. No. 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 <laughs> yeah, a few bugs in the program. Yeah. Oh, he's a but psychosexual I mean, vampire made, sadist. Damn it, we were so close. Price to make that one, so they, it, he should be wow. able to make a, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. he, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming he, he is, he says he's, he's aware he is, he's a composite too, so. Right. Well, I wonder because at the end they're going to do a brain transplant. So I wonder if it's kind of if Price actually had a composite body. Yeah. And so really he started like out as human. The process of turning somebody into a composite, to be honest. Well, this is it. Is it, is it like Cyberman bionics gone mad? Yeah, or yeah. I mean, because he does say a, a one when he's, he's showing off doing his gloating at the end. Oh, right. well, oh she's never really lived yet. <laughs> uh, and it is this kind of That's idea that it's going to be like a Frankenstein, you'd be a new creature made from yeah. various well, bits. Yeah, it doesn't make I mean, if you have to make somebody out of, you have to get new limbs for them, that means you have to find well either another whole person and use all their limbs or it's 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 not super efficient but it, it, it it's not is it it's no. just... it, at the same time it seems like you could also just take a person and graft in the plastic to them as, as some of them i don't think vincent price didn't seem like he was composited or whatever so it's like I, I don't know. Well, maybe uh, science is sloppy, I guess. So that maybe they're experimenting with <laughs> I mean, whatever the way they want, and it's just humans. Jogger so, man, you know. man's limbs went to other composites. Yeah. And in fact, and the, the last the last head. sight of Joggerman is his head in the freezer, yeah. isn't he? On the on oh, the slabs. Right. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Which I don't think I'd noticed before. He's going, no, oh, that's no. his, that's oh, that's him. That's, yeah. that's him. Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah, we're just missing the scene where they come in and wake up the head and. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did want I'd love to say that. He's still got the drip. Yeah, yeah. He's just dripping out his neck. Yeah. <laughs> this film makes little to no sense. 
but it's glorious. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. Well, I think I've seen it several times now. Actually, it does all start, it does all fit together. But yeah, yeah. that first time you watch it, you're going, what where the hell on? am I now? <laughs> I would love to see David Lynch do a remake of this. It's got all the, I mean, there's so many ways you could have gone with it. This could have been the origin story of Thing from the Addams Family. Yeah. Well, oh, we I mentioned that. Yeah, I said that. See, now I'm picturing. Now I'm picturing a remake of this with David Lynch playing the Peter Cushing role. <laughs> oh, oh yes. So they could kill him all. Well, Dave, David Lynch is into acting. He just played. Um, he just played. Um, what's it? John Ford oh, in, uh, in, uh, in. Yeah, uh, I know John Spielberg Ford movie. Which I haven't seen, but I saw that scene, and it's glorious. <laughs> but he's still, it's just David Lynch with an eye patch, swearing oh, a lot. <laughs> David <laughs> Lynch I, is, is happy doing what he's doing, working on his projects. What about this? What about this is a prequel to Halloween 3? <laughs> oh. Well. <laughs> that would explain where, um, where uh, Dan O'Hurley, he got those, uh, clockwork creatures from yes. right right yeah. eventually eventually generica got defeated but uh, you know the the toy company got toy it company they got a couple of got had, had Bought up the surplus hands, stock. Of yeah. what are we gonna do with all these plastic people <laughs> we'll sell them to the toy company they'll make animatronics out of them or they can use yeah. it for animatronic study or something and then he mm. was just like hmm perfect mm. <laughs> I, I would like to take a moment to to pour out uh a 40 for uh inspector belliver oh yes Love. yeah He's yeah so great character freaking amazing it's like <laughs> that's why i was so disappointed when he got killed off oh so yeah, we yeah. yeah i'd have happily watched a spin-off series with him absolutely <laughs> I, I liked his um his review of the sandwich but it smells like <laughs> it smells like cheese looks like Ham. Um, oh, it's chicken. And this chicken, <laughs> chicken died of old age. It's the yes. thinnest. It's the thinnest, saddest, like moistest sandwich ever, <laughs> but too. He, but he doesn't throw it away. He just sort of just leaves it somewhere. <laughs> <Just> abandons <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I thought the other guy in the in the He's window like was going to pick it up. The professionals. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> just do it. Right, he, sets, he sets it free. He gives it a fighting chance at life. <laughs> we cannot, we cannot um, leave this conversation without talking about, and I timed this, <laughs> 25-minute extended chase scene. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's a good chase scene. It is very good. I know it's something we mentioned on our show quite a lot, Commentary Club, is... When you go back and watch these old movies now and see oh. these chase scenes, they're actually doubly amazing because it was all done with real cars, yeah, no CGI real. and cheating. Weaving <laughs> in and out of traffic like that. I was watching, it was just like, hey, Jesus, because you know it's, yeah, you know they had to do, I'm looking, mm. just if, even taking it out of the movie and you're thinking, how did the stuntmen do it? It's still like, and also an extended chase scene. That's something you can just understand. Uh, it, it, like it's like a it's like a bomb on you in this movie. It's like, oh, one person's running away, people are chasing him. I know mm -hmm. what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I felt bad. I felt bad for the policewoman. Oh. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, because it, it, 
yeah. For that matter, I, I feel bad for any woman in this film. Yeah. Well. <laughs> this is, this any is, woman in like movies of this time period, it's yeah. like a ninety percent. Yeah. Death right. Yeah. But the thing about the about the police woman is, it's like. We're, we're building her up, and look, she's actually the girlfriend of one of the other cops. And, yep, yep, yep. You know, and, and then she dies, and the guy gets distraught for a second, and the chase is on. Mm. Did she die? No, no, I think she was still, still alive. Uh, they said she's still breathing, and they took oh, her ambulance. So. He dies, does he? Oh, he yeah, 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 yeah. Might uh, as well die, because mm. we never see her again. <laughs> I think the only the only female we see recur, you know, more than like three times is Nursey Poo. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which, My, the, speaking has... of speaking of the Avengers, it reminds me a bit of the uh, the new Avengers episode, Sisters of Mercy. Oh, that's the one with Carolyn Mon. Carolyn Monroe. Oh, uh, really? Uh, and she she runs a she runs a nursing clinic that is actually brainwashing people for the other side. Oh, God. Is that the one where they're programmed and they they get shown a pattern and they instantly drop dead? Something like that. Yes. Yeah, Why yeah, is everybody yeah. in this nursing home thirty five years old? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Carolyn Monroe in a in a yeah, nurse exactly. outfit. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> nurse. This also has one of my favorite favorite things in it, and you see it right up to this day, film shoot thing, where, and it's and it's the it's whoever is directing on the on the scenes fault every time, but I love seeing it because it just it's always hilarious. You're in a crowded club, people are dancing, the music's blaring, but you're filming it on a movie scene or a movie set. So whenever they do that, you know, sometimes maybe they'll quietly play the music, but that's that messes up the sound. So usually it's just a quiet room mm, and they'll yes, give maybe yeah. give people a beat or something and everybody will dance around because if there's dialogue, they have to record it, but yeah. so they record the dialogue. But some sometimes the director's thinking, go like, OK, everybody's got to yell because you're shouting out <laughs> of the music. Yeah music and sometimes I the director that. doesn't think of that at the time well, and the actors just are, are, are like. chit-chatting with each other in normal talking voices and then you get into the editing room and the sound guys they're going like yeah guys i uh, this is going to be the world you can hear like people's feet shuffling as they're talking <laughs> and stuff and, and like and like as a filmmaker my brain just erases the music out of it and i'm just like yeah. ah this is so awkward i love it <laughs> Um, okay, now, 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 Jim, you're, you're British, you're British, mm -hmm. you know British things. <laughs> I do. Could <laughs> you explain to me that compulsion British horror filmmakers had of insisting that there is a pop music group <laughs> in their horror films during that short time between like about 1969 to 1972? Um, I think it was an early thing of actually having tie-in singles, um, because this, that was the golden age of the single. Yep. And um, a lot of movies, I mean, uh, Hammer did it, Amicus did it, a lot of sort of any movies that had an eye with a young audience, they yeah. think, can we get a rock band in to, yeah, to, yeah. to guess? That might actually uh, add to the, yeah. 
I rem- remember when we were, uh, had Brian Trenchard Smith on about a uh, man from Hong Kong, and and like at the end of the movie, they're like, okay, we have to find, uh, you know, a a, a single now, and they found that I think it was an Aus- the Australian band that did a uh, jigsaw, yeah, sky high. all sky high. <laughs> oh yeah, like that's the that one, song. which that's is one, one of those, which is one of those singles that's like. You think it belongs somewhere in a Bond film, but it never got there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's perfect. It's definitely yeah. got that that kind of John Barry bigness to it. Well, mm. they, they, they gave it a remix for the movie, too, that had a big, like, string section that was perfect for having somebody in a in their hang glider, you know, mm-hmm. gliding oh, across the screen. It's <laughs> it's glorious. Yeah, that like song, song, that song sounds beautiful out of an, a tinny little AM radio. It's just <laughs> I was amazed, by the way, that this that the band that's in this film, the Amen Corner, their lead singer actually had a career. Oh, yeah, the oh, Amen yeah. Corner were quite... I mean, I knew them before this film. Um, oh, this wasn't one of their big hits, but they had a few hits back in the day. It sounded and good. Kind of these, I uh, minor, voice. kind of, uh, sort of second division sort of band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but you know these kind of uh, I know the thing is with a lot of these sort of big guest appearances that half the time they did try and actually get a proper band in, mm. which is always the right move. Um, other films they have a, a bespoke song. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the hilariously awful folk ballad at the funeral in Psychomania, oh, uh, God, "Living yeah. Free," <laughs> which is. <laughs> Of course, my, my favorite will always be Cliff Richards in the Shadows oh. showing up in Thunderbirds. Oh, oh yes, that was brilliant. Oh, yeah, God, the swinging star, yeah. shooting star. Yeah. yeah. My favorite will always be the uh, Go ahead and kill your neighbor. Go ahead and shoot a friend. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's, uh, that's from Billy Jack. Billy Jack, yep. And the thing that's that's funny about this, it's act. It, I, this the band, Coven. It's actually just the lead singer of that band, Jinx. <laughs> Coven was an actual Coven. Yes, oh. yes. Uh, a lot of trouble for Hedgy having live. I'm glad you used the yeah, Coven yeah. Pr- pronunciation. Yeah. Well, they were they were actually they were actually practicing Wiccans. And um, they kind of predate Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. They, they were on the scene. Yeah, they oh. weren't as heavy. They were more. They were more on the Wicca. They they had more. No, like, no, no. You haven't heard that first album. I've heard. Oh, yeah, I've come heard to like the Sabbath. A song here and there of the of them. Yeah, no. That like, didn't they have? They had a female heavy. singer. If I recall. Yeah, she's, and she's still alive, God bless her. Wow. <laughs> People are finally recognizing, hey, you were a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I heard, yeah. I, I was listening to AM radio last night, and, and they had whatever the coast-to-coast show, the UFO show, but they play songs in between, and one of the songs, Bumper's Coming In, I'm listening to it, and I'm going, this is actually really good. They usually play like either like classic ride. I can't identify this, but this music. Mm-hmm. And then the singer started and he was a little uh, and I'm like, this guy sounds a little he's like his vocals are a little off. This has got to be somebody 
semi so, so this has got to be somebody who's old and and is like still doing music because they would never let a young person with a voice go like this but this is really good <laughs> and it was the zombies brand new oh. song oh. and it was really good and mm-hmm. it was it was layered like an old zombie song, and I was just like, "Wow, that's actually pretty, pretty amazing." Because like <laughs> I, I can't remember somebody, somebody like Abba, yeah, Abba did like a new song, and it was like, "Oh, well, well yeah. <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard them for so long." Yeah, you're not prepared for the fact that the vocal. That, that their vocal cords have thickened. They can't mm. do that. What they yeah. did, what they were no, I... known for. It, but it, the songwriting too is just like it's generic. Uh, yeah. But um. Not the zombies because they're yes, zombies. It, now he sings so like a zombie. Back to the Amen Corner. <laughs> oh, he is a zombie. <laughs> With uh, I gotta admit the uh, uh the, the lead singer, who ended up founding a second band called Fairweather before going solo for a while. He had that with his weird, I'm shaking my hands all the time thing. (laughs) I kept thinking of, do you remember the band Hinder? No, no. Hinder was an awful band from the (laughs) office. Awful band. Their most famous single is probably... Lips of an Angel. <laughs> the song where the guy, wow. the guy is is at home with his with his wife, and he calls up his side piece while his wife is sleeping in the next room. It's it's a it's a really sleazy song. Yeah, really. <laughs> but this guy had this guy was a spasmobot. <laughs> Lips of an angel just sounds like in whatever process or whatever's going on, alcohol is involved. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like when I worked at a bar, that sounded like some guy like lifting, like uh, lifting his head up off the bar and just going to the bartender, you got lips of an angel and then yeah, back yeah. down. <laughs> Did but. it hurt, darling? Then you fell out of heaven. Did you fall on those big, beautiful lips? I would like to share with you the taglines that were used to sell this film. (laughs) Let's start with the one that actually sounds like a tagline. Horror that nightmares are made of. Mm -hmm. Kind of generic. That's what nightmares are made of, though. Mm, then you get he's gonna make somebody out of everybody he meets oh i like that (laughs) i like that probably the most famous line triple distilled horror as powerful (laughs) as a vat of boiling acid that's on point for the movie yeah yeah i'm still trying to think about what horror nightmares what what is the horror that nightmares aren't made of which (laughs) horrors are those (laughs) <laughs> with that uh with those dreams where, where that that trainer from the biggest loser yells at me <laughs> count as horror it depends on how you woke up but i'm bum so um 
Art, you'll notice that we're, we're not really sticking close to the the film itself because there's it's so disjointed. There's not much to <laughs> stick to. Yeah. <laughs> and at least in this film, um, Vincent Price and Christopher Lee actually get lines together. Well, yes, it is like this triple bill of... Because I remember I heard about this going, what? Wow, yeah. yeah. Lee, Price, Cushing, together. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, well not together. <laughs> it's classic, Cushing, like, Cushing gets killed off in about five minutes. Thanks very <laughs> bloody much. <laughs> in Hessler's uh, previous film, uh, The Oblong Box, uh, he had Christopher Lee and Vincent Price in it, but they... The, by the time Vincent Price has a scene with Christopher Lee, he's dead. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so this is the first time. And I think... I don't think that the three of them ever appeared on screen together in a, in a single scene. I think that... It, uh, well, it's in Madhouse, another amicus film. Where Vincent Price has an extended scene with Peter Cushing, and that's, I think, the only time the two of them appear on the screen together. But the three of them, even though they were, like, the best of friends. Aren't they all together in House of Long Shadows? Oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah. I don't think that they have scenes together. No? I can remember, that, I know it is kind of one of those weird people yeah, turn up a house and... Various members of the family keep turning up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure there's a dinner scene where they're all together. Um, I've only seen it the once. I can't, I can't remember. It's well since I've seen it now. Mm. Um, right. We've got David Carradine as John Carradine, rather. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, by the way, like the fact that the 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 purple shirted <laughs> floofy vampire killer. Yep. His name is Keith. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a vampire. Why killer. do they just call him Derek or Neil or something? <laughs> <laughs> right. I did like the um the scene where they, they sort of catch up to him and he um he falls down the hill and it cu <laughs> obviously cuts to a very, very beefy um stunt man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> Did he just put on about 50 kilos in weight when he fell down the hill? And I, I love the fact that they're all just standing there going, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, you did it. Don't do that. I warned you. That's, 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 uh, that's. And then they handcuff him to the car and, and they all just bugger off and just <laughs> yes. watch him. It's like, oh, is he? He won't go anywhere. That's that. <laughs> then when they have the hand. Like when they yeah. have that scene, it, where, like they're like, okay, well, you know, we better keep keep them away from the hand mm. but we got the hand and then it's just sitting like lit indiana <laughs> jones style yes. on the table just out in the air i i'm surprised <laughs> there's no flies just landing on it and i'm like oh they set up a trap yeah. they set up a trap it's a perfect trap and it's like no nope this is this is like careless <laughs> this is like italian police yeah. Jallo style the like only yeah. competent policeman in this entire universe is Belliver. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The yeah. dead guy. It's because he just has no <laughs> fucking patience. No. <laughs> I love that line, you won't like it. We're not bloody supposed to like it. Get him out here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, get me a copy. <laughs> 
You do this. Do that. I, mean, I, I knew that Amicus they had this uh, crawling hand prop that is in yeah. uh, now the screaming starts and Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. Oh yeah. So when I first saw this and saw that hand just plonked there, I thought that's going to go walkabout, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not have them be able to control their hand from beyond the grave at well, that point? Yeah. Well, anything goes, really. Yeah, but, but, mm. but Chicky, but uh, Nursey Pooh just comes by, picks the hand up, mm-hmm. yeah, kills just another out the open. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but oh, that's you when you realize that she's a composite as well. Oh, yeah. the super yeah. stand. Oh, God, they're you everywhere. You can't have that. <laughs> yeah. I, I should probably what? mention the name of the actress who plays Nursey Pooh. Mm. Uh, it's... Yuta Levka. Oh yes, I saw. I remember seeing your name in the. <coughs> and um, she was also in the oblong box. I, I think I know. I think I know which one she is in the oblong box. I think that she's the. They, they fit a lot of people in that oblong box. <laughs> I think she's the, the madam of the um, of the uh, bordello. Yes, yes, she is. As long as it's not a rat bordello. (laughs) No, no. Um, And we should also probably mention the name of Alfred Marks, who played Belliver, who is probably the best character in the frickin' film. I mean, I'm sorry, Dr. Sorrell is just... um, Beans on toast without the beans. (laughs) But, uh, but yes, Alfred Marks makes, I, I think, makes the bulk of this film because he's just, it, it's like somebody had put like a, a live bee in, un, in his underwear. <laughs> and he's always like, God damn it! <laughs> Funny story, that happened to me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> On the school bus. It was a hornet, though. A wasp. <laughs> but... Uh, this is this is just insane. <laughs> well, for me, I said I knew Alfred Marx quite well because I know him from his appearance in like a great many British comedy movies and sitcoms, mm-hmm. where he normally played kind of put upon dads and exasperated under managers. And uh, suddenly, see him in his, and he had done straight roles before, but I'd not really seen it, seen much of those movies, and see him in this playing this. Very irascible copper who has no patience with anybody, and uh, <laughs> it was kind of a revelation. And I say, I'd have, I'd have loved to have seen oh, a spin off yes. series with this character, yeah. yeah. Um, because it, you just you do an ordinary crime series, you'd just be a joy with him, just yeah. shouting at everybody yeah. and just basically bullying a result out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take those documents out of here, <laughs> Chris. Do you want to guess? Um, what film did American International put on a double, put this on a double bill with? Shut up to think. They released it here in the States in 1971, a year later from its, from its production date. God. I don't know. A, a vampire movie? Nope. The Incredible. Two-headed transplant oh fine oh perfect <laughs> the really great one not not the one with, with not the thing with two heads with like ray Moland and rosie greer 
and Rosie Greer. No, I'm talking about the one which is like Bruce Stern and you know Bruce Stern with a mentally disabled person, you know, on the mentally disabled person's shoulder, making him rape people. <laughs> yeah, just basically, basically of mice and men. <laughs> in one body. In one body. <laughs> With rape. The speculation, yeah. by the way, about about the disoriented man is that it was is that the the book was round robined. It wouldn't surprise me because there were at least four or five different writers all yeah. using the Peter Bla Peter Saxon name. I well, wouldn't be surprised if the few they were just passing script manuscripts between them. Bored yeah. of this. Do you want to finish this one? Yeah. yeah. What the hell? <laughs> What's going right, on? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> um, it is speculated that the actual writers were W. Howard Baker, Martin Thomas, and Stephen Francis. So, um, speculated. We have no no confirmation of that. Just like we have no confirmation that somebody offered this film to Michael Reeves before he died. No, I've heard that. It'd be a good fit for Michael Reeves, though, considering uh, I mean, it's, very, it's not a million miles away from, like, the Sorcerers. That kind yeah. of modern-day urban, early 70s sort of mad science <laughs> um i think he probably added a few more touches to it made it even more bizarre and paranoid well, he <laughs> put more touches in to make it more bizarre but he'd also put some more touches to make it coherent <laughs> yeah, that's true <laughs> yeah. and gordon oh. hester was very much a director you gave him a script to just shoot it for you yeah and he was always just as good as the scripts he had, I think, really. He was very the definition of a journeyman director. They played yeah. the same thing, uh, yeah. And and one way you get to go home earlier, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, I do get the impression that, that after the Oblong Box, they were like, um, anybody who decided they wanted to do something Poe-adjacent <laughs> would throw it at him. Mm. Yeah. You know, so it's like he he did he does films. He has he does the murders in the Rue Morgue with Carl Malden, <laughs> and he does the Cry of the Banshee. I think he does. I'm looking for it, but I don't see it. I guess another director did uh, Diary of a Madman. Which uh, I, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... But where it's like where that whole point in the seventies where it's like just just. Stick a uh, stick Vincent Price in an 18th century, you know, suit. Yeah. Get a poker on the on the poster, even better. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. We could, but even then, we'll 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 come up with something. <laughs> what about this? What about this witchcraft film? <laughs> put the put a put a po poem on it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. Jobs are good. <laughs> That'll do, pig. That'll do. Yeah. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> po po poetry. That'll work. <laughs> and, and apparently, um, who was the writer of this episode? Uh, apparently, William Gibson, of all people, as a neuromancer, um, was a big fan of this film. Because when he wrote the X-Files uh, episode Kill Switch... He had um, Mulder go through 
the the joggers trauma. That's right. Yes, he keeps in that one. He keeps waking up in hospital, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> so, does slightly better. Just end up just a head in a in a, in a cupboard. <laughs> Can't do that to Mulder. Bloody hell. Oh, Lord. Oh, it's, I mean, it's got that, it's got a sort of proto transhumanist feel to it. Somehow, I think the X Files would have been better if it was just Scully carrying Mulder's head in a jar. That would be great. That would be great. And still make the the wisecracks, but he'd just just be a head in a jar. At the end of one of the seasons, transplant his head onto his shoulder. At the end of one of the seasons, uh, oh man, (laughs) I was gonna say at the end of one of the seasons alone, gunmen rig him up as you know a little little like you know robot body that can just sort of roll along. Spider body. Yeah. Oh. Oh (laughs) Now you're driving the budget up there, buddy. I was just gonna say they probably didn't have the budget for that. We need a robot body that's that 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 one of the extras can just like pull with a rope off camera. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, we can't afford that. We spent it all on torch batteries. (laughs) Torch batteries. (laughs) Yeah. Richard Belzer. Uh, Sad loss. Agree. Yes. Great actor. Because, of course, he was in the X-Files for an episode. He arrested Fox Mulder. <laughs> but, um, anyway, but yes, yeah, so so we're not the only fans, apparently, of this <laughs> bonkers piece of gabagoo. <laughs> well, it's one of those, for the first time you see it, it is just... You know, he's not supposed to be a disorientated man, it's the disorientated viewer. (laughs) (laughs) But but by the time you get to the end, it kind of, oh, it just all makes sense. When you go back to it a second time, it's kind of, all right, right, yes, I know where this is going. And and you start to spot things. There's more connective tissue, if you pardon the pun, in there. Yes. Um, Yeah. And it's kind of, it's one of those films, it's kind of, a lot of films fail because they're less than the sum of their parts and i think the opposite's true of this movie the more you watch it the more you appreciate it and mm-hmm. that centerpiece chase scene oh, is fantastic yeah. yeah i mean yeah the thing to keep in mind guys if, if when you see it and you're you're so used to like fast and the furious with 15 cars chasing each other and like throwing things with magnets and shit. <laughs> yeah. no, that was an actual those were actual cars driven by actual people on actual roads yeah yeah if you've ever driven in britain you'd understand (laughs) part of it was was filmed on the alpine track of famous uh testing ground Mm. but still other parts of it were done on real roads Mm. yeah yeah but like in in a drive-in or a grindhouse sometimes you don't have to like if you're not making sense that becomes more the fun of it with like an audience there Mm -hmm. because you're just especially if you're throwing just wildly crazy and disconnected things at them one after the other you know you you're just getting a reaction and that's almost like what and then throw a good chase in there in the middle of it and it's just like okay people you know I, I don't know what I don't know what just happened, but I just had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah. You know, this one, this one, though, it's like a little too intellectual for that. It's not like o- over the top, like over the topness, like uh, you know, um, you know, Herbert West or something like that, where you're just seeing the un- that made sense though. But 
<laughs> or a David Lynch movie. But, but you know what? Or some of the Italian cop movies. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, oh yeah, really yeah, yeah. Insane. Mm. You know what the difference is though between Herbert West and it is that by that time in the eighties, the, there was a tongue-in-cheek attitude. Right. But Whereas like the... here, of course, it's 1970, and we take our horror very seriously. <laughs> so um, it, it's very po-faced. But thankful, thankfully, we have Alfred Marx yelling at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some things that I think are just quite blackly humorous. And yeah. I think... Well, well, I mean, the chasing is very well done and very exciting. There's some lovely, sometimes little moments. There's a bit, you know, afterwards where Alfred Marx just happens to mention to Price that, well, we'll, we'll see what he was, you know, we still got his hand. And there's an expression on Price's face where you see go, oh, bollocks. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know, in and my actually, head it's space. Really good performance from Price. He's actually quite understated. Yeah. He's actually really dialed it back in. Yeah. This, yeah. Which is quite rare. Very rare for this mm. approach, yeah. In my head's canon, uh, Inspector Belliver is the ancestor of, I think it's Detective Trout. Oh, in, in from Dr. Fibes. From Dr. Fibes. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> They're very much cut from a similar cloth. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Hardworking coppers having to deal with outrageous nonsense. Yes. <laughs> There seems to be. It's, it's interesting that in this this era, um, there seems to be the, the heroes seem to be more working class guys, like Detective Trout, like Belliver here. Mm. Well, it's certainly a thing in British cinema from the mid fifties onwards. I mean, we've been watching quite a few old British movies, mm. including a few like well, proto serial killer movies, and it's interesting you find. Um, the cops aren't portrayed like master detectives. No. They're actually ordinary working Joes and doing everything the hard right. way. Mm. There's no kind of, um, you know, genius man making deductions. No. It's it's pounding the streets. It's, it's shaking, right. knocking on doors right. and taking or some names. Dirty, and... hairy, like, yeah, guys yeah. just kicking down doors <clears> and stuff. And just, you know, going through house to house and yeah. just good, you know, at the same time you get that, we the magic of detection is quite often you have these characters like Belliver who are a very astute judge of character yeah, they're good at observing well, people yeah and like you you know Belliver knows that Price's doctor knows more than he's letting on yeah and he yeah. almost taunts him occasionally by yeah. letting things slip just to get his reaction just to see just to see yeah yeah like with the hand, he yeah. mentions it deliberately yeah. just to just to see what his reaction is, mm. and he's going. He, he clocks. He goes, "No, you, you know, fucking, you know something. You know. You're you're up to something here." Mm. Oh my gosh, he was part of of, of Ronnie of Roland Rat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Owen Rat, Chris, for, if you're not familiar, is the um all ages show that then BBC controller, I think it was Lou Grade was his name? Michael Grade. Michael Grade put, wanted to replace Doctor Who with. <laughs> Sounds reasonable. <laughs> we're, going, we're going with a hipper, we're going to be more relevant. Doctor Is Who it is like a time-traveling rat or something? <laughs> no, it was a... Uh... 
a Cockney wide boy rat. He had a hit single which you can find called Rat Rapping, oh, which yeah. is every bit as I awful mean, as you can imagine. Is it saying much? I mean, for God's sakes, Mr. Blobby had a hit single. I know. Yes, uh, just saying Blobby. Mm. <laughs> Neil from the Young Ones did Hole in My Shoe. You know? yeah, yeah. I've got his album. Have you? Yeah, Neil's heavy concept album. Yeah, Neil's heavy concept album. Brilliant. I've got I've got the book version, Neil's heavy concept book. Uh. (laughs) Ah, yes. He. uh, I'm looking at Albert Marx's um, CV right now, and yeah, I can see a lot. It's like, yeah, okay, he was on Jason King. Mm -hmm. I'm wasn't on the Avengers though. Jim, because he's on all the other kind of like wacky, sh- wacky. Yeah, all, yeah, all those other ITC adventure shows. He's in a lot of those. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard of the Persuaders, Chris? The band? No. The <laughs> Persuaders was a one-season wonder from ITV, in which Tony Curtis and Roger Moore hung out together. <laughs> and crimes happened. <laughs> am I? Am I? With so, a killer John Barry theme tune as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, I never oh, heard of it. Mm. There's in the, the pilot that they're, they're supposed to be like special agents of this judge who's looking to um, bring guilty parties who escaped the law to justice. But no, it's just they hang out. There's a crime, usually. Involving a very pretty girl, mm-hmm. a, a nightclub, a casino, mm-hmm. a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in one case, Jack, um, Joan Collins in a tank. Oh, God. <laughs> it was the interesting era of Joan Collins' career where she could be fighting devil children and giant ants, <laughs> depending on the movie. <laughs> this, is, this is her pre. Um, pre-dynasty days yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah oh um i've never actually seen it but i've heard about it <laughs> well uh, the persuaders their superpower basically was they were playboys and rich yeah yeah <laughs> that was about it pretty much <laughs> but they did have great chemistry together yeah and oh, played off imagine. in each yeah. other really See, apparently, well apparently they would have done a second season it's just that they couldn't get the funding mm. Mm. Yeah, because somebody was just like, I'm not paying all this money to have these two guys party together with their friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like a Burt Reynolds movie. Mm. So, um, I don't think we. I have to ask anybody that. I don't think I have. I think we're all in agreement here that this is actually a fun movie to watch. Even it's worth watching. We, yeah. No. Yeah. I recommend give it. up. Give up your, your your hope that it will make much sense the first time you see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that's pretty pretty. Yeah, much. If you stick with it, we'll yeah. reward you. Yeah. Reward you with what is an entirely different question. <laughs> right. Right. It will it's reward totally you. Up to you. <laughs> Here, it's, it's like it's like receiving some really nice body parts one at a time. Oh, it's a nice oh. hand. Oh, there's a foot. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Oh, was there a scene where they opening Gabe the thing? There's an arm and a yes, leg. What's just a second and go go into a go into a random room and then come out with an arm for you. Yeah, there you go. Let's try this on for size, sir. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's a good um, arm. The guy was a jogger. <laughs> yeah, they have good legs. <laughs> I want to take up jogging. Have you got any joggers' legs? <laughs> Just be glad you didn't get the lungs or the heart. You're and you're all set. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, threw them out. So yes, I think we all recommend this, and it yeah. is. It's insane. It is simply insane. Um, but a good insane. <laughs> and um, I think the next time I'd like like the moons to come uh, come and visit us is when I give you, because here's another person who recently passed on, what I think is the only fish and chips western in existence. <laughs> Are you familiar with this film, Jim? I'm not sure. Penny Calder. Oh, the Tygon Western with Raquel Welsh. Yes. Yes. What's it, what's it called? Penny Calder. Oh, I don't know. Um, I saw it years ago. Yes. Uh, Raquel Welch. Yes. We are going to do Penny Calder, which is, Ooh. like I said, the only, to my best of my knowledge, the only fish and chips Western ever made. <laughs> um, produced by Tygons, who is Tygon, who was sort of Hammer and Amicus's. Um, Severely concussed younger brother. <laughs> the bastard yeah. son. So it's like the wish.com of the wish.com of Hammer. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. like like it, it's wish.net. <laughs> yeah, on one hand, they did Blood and Satan's Claw, Witch Finder General. Yeah. But they also did like terrible films like The Virgin Witch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which was Vicky Michelle and her sister get naked a lot. Well, Maybe with some Satanism. Witch ever. <laughs> it, it is. It is, to the best of my knowledge, one of the... It, I think it might be the only Western Christopher Lee was ever in. I'm yes, not so, yeah, certain, yeah. though, because he was in a lot of stuff, so... Mm. But boy, howdy, he is in this one. <laughs> so, is, so... Is yeah, another, another fetching toupee. Oh, yes. From his collection. He didn't wear a toupee. Shh. And so, 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 in, in a, you know, in a couple of months, probably after Zatoichi Summer, you you are familiar with Zatoichi Summer. Ah, oh, yes, no. yes, yes. The, the, blind, having, the blind fighting monk, many incarnations. So we're having Blind Man in July. <laughs> the Italian Western about a about a blind gunfighter and his seeing eye horse. Oh my god, that sounds brilliant. <laughs> Starring Ringo Starr. Oh, what? Oh, wow. Go find that Hitting one. all my defensive centers on this one. And yeah. then in August, we're going to have, of course, the, um, the great Blind Fury. Oh, yes. Starring hey, nice, Dr. Nice Power and directed by the great <laughs> Philip Noyce. <laughs> Oh, and that's sorry. not just my that's not just my New York accent coming. No, no, no. yeah, yeah, <laughs> noise. Uh, oh, oh, that's yes. a movie. So sometime in the fall, we, I'll invite you back again, and we'll talk about uh, <laughs> we'll talk about um, Raquel Welch uh, in a Serape. <laughs> and, Sounds good to me. And as for next month, we'll have a little Serape session. <laughs> You know, uh, as for uh, next month, oh, lab monkey. Yes. Um, I think 
I'm going to invite another English peer of mine. Because I've noticed that we've done far too many horror films and we have to catch up on some of the other exploitation genres. <laughs> so, um, what we're going to do is we're going to do a no-exploitation film. A no-exploitation? I am trying to make this a thing. No-exploitation <laughs> is a film that exploits a certain musical artist. Oh, a no-exploitation. Yes. Oh, nope. okay. Note exploitation. We've done one before because we did um, Tougher Than Leather with Run DMC. <laughs> and next month we are going to be doing with. What about band exploitation? I like note exploitation better. Oh, okay. Well, you're the don't guy with take, the you're the guy take, with the evil scientist take, machine, so I'm agreeing yeah. with you on that one. Take off a couple of fingers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, we're going to visit one of my all-time favorite films, actually. A film that literally was written because the, the, uh, the, the musical group involved got together with Jack Nicholson in a house and did far too much cocaine. <laughs> I have a feeling Jack Nicholson did far too much cocaine in houses a lot in that time yeah, period, but, basically. But, but, like, he lost cocaine. his hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I snorted a line, and next thing I know, I'm bald. <laughs> I seem to have misplaced every. I seem to have misplaced November. Which year? Every November. <laughs> November. I don't remember making that movie. <laughs> anyway, we are talking, of course, about the first in a series of one <laughs> film starring the monkeys. Really. Head. And to join us is a Monkees fan, Mr. Andrew Leyland. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> He's British, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, he did say that. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna try to transplant some of your fingers onto, onto, uh, onto his dog, see if he, that the dog can type. He's different. I categorize him as British accent B. He's a, oh. he's a different accent. <laughs> Where's, where's so, yes, I have a theory about this film that I will share next month. Just British. Someone's so finicky because you're a dog and got them to the script. Sorry? <laughs> such a big country, I have trouble figuring out where everybody is. <laughs> so, so, until that, yeah, because we've got that, then we've got, uh, we've got the Blue Iguana after that. And then, of course, in June... We have uh, a visit from one of our, our best, uh, one of our favorite friends, Mr. Brian Trenchard-Smith. And he is going to talk Wake and Fright with us. Oh, nice. I'm looking forward to that. That looks like leaving Las Vegas in the outback. And, <laughs> and of course, oh, well, it's that. I'm glad I'm not coming up for that one because I'm yes. never, ever going to then that. Donald <laughs> Pleasance. But with Don Donald Pleasance, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you want to know what yeah. Donald Pleasance thinks his worst film was I, there's so many to choose from <laughs> puma man i've never heard of it but it sounds bad you've never heard of puma man no puma man. that's why i'm here in the first place right <laughs> i can't believe you never heard of puma man yeah i'm pretty dumb man remember <laughs> 
Oh my lord! <laughs> We're gonna have to rectify that. I have to see if I can find a copy of Puma Man that isn't uh, MST3K tainted. Oh, that's not fair. Because <laughs> when I, I when I that. first saw it, I saw it on a Saturday afternoon, and I did not know what the fuck to make of it. <laughs> and then about ten years later, Mike Nelson and the bots do it on MST3K. Still don't know what to make of it. <laughs> And it is, according to Donald Pleasance, the worst film he's ever been in. <laughs> but he was great. I well, we'll this is I, I I'm just assuming because I put him in the Borgnine category where I'm just happy to see him no matter what. Well, I am thinking we'll do that in, in September, and then in October we'll have the moons back and we'll do Hanny Calder. Okay. Sounds good tonight. You're the boss, man. <laughs> oh, so, uh, we're going to go and have a very sumptuous dinner, the three of us. And oh. you, my friend, you have to go! Oh, my legs going to lose! website at two true freaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o-t-r-u-e-f-r-e-a-k-s you can email two true freaks directly at two true freaks at gmail.com two true freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on itunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow we have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. 
Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.